I accepted the position mostly because I'm, I was so excited about kind of giving children and students the opportunity to interact with local food and growing vegetables because I didn't have that. And I, I feel like I wish I had that growing up. In this episode of Voices from the Field, we get to know local food specialist Molly Kirkham, a new member of NCAT's staff. Molly tells her NCAT colleague, community food system specialist Maura Hinn, about the chance encounter with a community garden that began her interest in local foods. She talks about her time with AmeriCorps at a food bank in Montana, her experience farming, and how she came to work at NCAT. Among other responsibilities at NCAT, Molly spearheads the Harvest of the Month program, and she emphasizes the importance of exposing young children to healthy local foods and even how attendance at one school increased after the COVID-19 pandemic when the school began raising chickens. Let's listen. Hi, I'm Mara Hen, Community Food Systems Specialist for the National Center for Appropriate Technology. I'm based in Butte, Montana at our Rocky Mountain West office. In this episode, I speak with my colleague, Molly Kirkham, a local food specialist who re was recently hired at NCAT to manage our Montana Harvest of the Month program and other exciting farm to school initiatives. Hi, Molly, and thanks for being here today. Hi, Mara. Thanks for being here with me as well. So I'm really excited to get to know you a little bit better um, and I'm excited we have this time. So to get us started, could you share with us where you were born and raised? Yeah, so I was born in Columbus, Ohio, and then I grew up in a small town of Columbus called Bexley, Ohio. It's like this really nice small walking community. I grew up with a pretty big family. I have two brothers and a sister. Um, and then after high school, I went to college in the same town, Columbus, Ohio. I attended Ohio State University. I went to the business school there and studied logistics, which is a little different from what I'm doing now, but I like being organized and I'm very efficient. And then I also studied Spanish. Did you travel to Spain? Yeah, I did. Actually, after um, college, I went to Spain for a year to teach English. And there I actually lived with a family and tutored the two girls after school and taught at a um, public elementary school there. Oh, that's so interesting. Now, do you have any family connections to agriculture or local food activism? I actually don't. Um, neither my family nor my school or like there was no public garden in my community. I actually remember the only thing that we grew was tomatoes. So now when I like smell tomato plants, it's a really nostalgic smell for me. But yeah, I didn't really get into gardening until after Spain. I was actually in Maine working as a bartender. And on one of my runs, I ran past this like beautiful community garden and I had never seen anything like it before. So I saw the sign there and I looked up the organization and the organization was called Cultivating Community. So I started volunteering for them. And I was volunteering with a food corps member who was teaching classes to students at the community garden. So I learned a lot about gardening there and um, agricultural education. So how did you get to NCAT and working in food systems from there? Yeah, so I volunteered there for a bit. And um, finally, when I first started, I didn't know that the person I was working with was a food core member. And when I found that out, I inquired more about it. And I had actually never heard of food core, which is a branch of AmeriCorps, where you um, spend a year giving service and 
do something with food courts, like usually ag education related. So I asked her what she was doing. And when she explained it to me, I actually looked for positions in AmeriCorps and I found one in Missoula, Montana at the Missoula Food Bank and Community Center. So I think it was like a matter of two weeks that I applied to the position, had the interview, and then bought a car and drove from Maine to Montana. Wow, that's, um, so, that's so exciting. <laughs> and uh, when did you when did you move to Montana? It was January of 2020. Yeah. So right before the pandemic started. R- right before the pandemic started. Yeah. So I got to Montana and then I started at the food bank. It was my first time. I worked in food service like from high school until that moment. And it was my first time working for a food bank. It was really interesting to see how I don't know, their procedures were a lot different from restaurants, which I'd previously worked in. But in Missoula is a really good place to be if you are interested in local food, because there's so many farming organizations, so many nonprofits and a lot of farms in the area. Um, So we would purchase from Garden City Harvest, which was like, which is an awesome farming nonprofit in town. And that's where I started learning about how to kind of get into farming and agriculture. And then they also built a garden. The year I came, they built a garden in the back of the food bank. And part of my duties were to take care of that. Yeah. And then after, um, after the food bank, I, it was only a year commitment since it was AmeriCorps. And I stayed on a couple of months after to help them with their operations, just because everything was very hectic with the pandemic. And my roommate was a farmer, is a farmer currently in the Missoula area. And she was tell she saw me take care of the garden at our house and at the food bank and that I was interested in local food. And she was mentioning that I might be a good fit for a couple of farms she had heard of. So that's when I went to, I spent six months living on a farm, like an hour South of Missoula called Lifeline Farm. And we grew a variety. It's 80 acres we grew a variety of vegetables. There's also a cow operation. And um, it was like my favorite job. I learned so much about vegetables. Like it's just so funny to me how I had never seen things really growing before just because I wasn't involved with any food production growing up. So seeing like what, I don't know, broccoli looked like before harvesting it was just like so cool for me. And it didn't even feel like a job. I'm still really close with um, the family on, who own the farm. And it's just, Montana is such a small community, especially in the sustainable ag world. So it's nice to have those connections, especially starting this position. So when I was done at the farm, I was um, moving a little bit out of Missoula and I was looking for jobs in the area. And I found this Montana local food specialist opening at NCAT. And it just like, it seemed like fate, like the perfect fit. And I'm just, I accepted the position mostly because I'm, I was so excited about kind of giving children and students the opportunity to interact with local food and growing vegetables because I didn't have that. And I, I feel like I wish I had that growing up. Thanks for sharing all of that, Molly. It's such an interesting uh, story to think about how someone can be you know, somewhat kind of disconnected from the food system and then through almost uh, fate, you know, you were talking about your run and seeing that that community garden and how inspiring it was for you and how that was sort of a 
catalyst for you to kind of move down that path. How do you plan on using what you've learned in your previous positions uh, into your career at NCAT? Yeah, so one of my, um, the most, the largest responsibility I have at NCAT is uh, the Harvest of the Month program. So the Harvest of the Month program is, it's a program that highlights one Montana grown or raised item every month. And we provide posters, handouts for like to take home, to use at the cafeteria, to use in the classroom. We provide snap friendly recipes and recipes catered toward cafeteria settings. And this whole program is used to provide a framework for schools to follow, to initiate farm to school, and now also early care and education settings, food banks, groceries, healthcare centers, et cetera. So I think my knowledge of farming and how I, the, that I know the producer side is really beneficial for farm to cafeteria programs because I understand very intimately the barriers of selling to certain entities for producers, especially like organic vegetable producers who maybe aren't as a super large operation. And I, it helps to know like what's in season, what you can buy for bulk really cheap, especially if it isn't store worthy. And then like I kind of mentioned before, since Montana is so small, especially in that farming community and local food activism, that it helps to have those connections. So for instance, one of the projects I'm working on is a helping the farm to school coordinator plan a farm to school institute that helps train um, school teams to kind of start their farm to school program. And my from my previous position at Lifeline Produce, um, my I knew my farm manager. He was on the school board at a district who hadn't really progressed in farm to school in a lot of years. And I reached out to him about the Farm to School Institute, and now they'll be there in August. So I think it just helps kind of like understanding those connections. And then also I worked at a brewery here and we're trying to get harvest of the month in restaurants um, and other businesses. And it helps to know kind of how the purchasing works because it was a brewery and grill. We bought a lot of local food, especially in the Missoula area where people are trying to eat local and a lot of restaurants are trying to purchase local. I kind of learned the barriers to that as well. And then also just the food bank side of things is it helps to know what they're looking for when purchasing and it kind of, it helps to know also what the, um, the customers are looking for. So the customers of the food bank, for instance, might not have a lot of time to cook. So I know that producers, when they're selling things to food banks, they should probably sell more value added items that are like cut and washed and ready to be served just because a lot of these people are working full time, taking care of kids, have a lot of other responsibilities. So I think, yeah, just having all of those sides to the producer side, the restaurant side and the food bank side in Montana specifically is really helpful is going to be really helpful for these, this position and integrating that into Harvest of the Month. Learn how to harvest the sun twice with practical information at NCAT's AgriSolar Clearinghouse. Get access to more than 400 peer-reviewed articles, the latest in AgriSolar news, and connect with farmers and solar developers who are working together to make the most out of our shared resources. We'll see you at agrisolarclearinghouse.org. Right. And like you mentioned, Harvest of the Month originally started in schools with uh, kindergarten through 12th grade. And so there's been a lot of students who have 
you know, they've been exposed to that program um, in their school lives, but having this community and business and producers being able to access that program, it just, it kind of expands that, that, that it takes a village to raise, you know, to raise a child, to raise a, to raise a community, you know, getting more people to use those educational pro or those materials um, just benefits. Cause as you said, our, our state of Montana, we're a huge state, but we have a small population and it's kind of amazing how many people are connected through our local food systems. So what do you feel you have to learn in this position at MCAT? Yeah, so, well, I feel like I have the organic vegetable side, producer side down pretty well in the food bank side and even the restaurant side. I really would like to learn more about institute, more institutional food systems, like how it works in schools and hospitals and universities and early child care centers, just because it's, they have so much, so much on their plate and not a lot of time, not a lot of staff. Their purchasing requirements are a lot different. Their record keeping requirements are a lot different. And to be able to fully like, give advice to producers and schools and help them in their farm to school program, I'd really like to have the institutional food systems down. Um, and so I'm looking forward to, and I've learned a lot since I've started, but I'm especially looking forward to learn more in that realm and also creating partnerships um, with organizations in area that, areas that have less sustainably grown food or even just less access to food in general. Because I've lived in Missoula and in the Bitterroot Valley and now in the Butte area. And these are all places with, of grocery stores a pretty high population for Montana. Um, and I would like to work in, with partners in areas that are a little bit, that struggle a little bit more because they have less farms, they have less access. Um, so forming those partnerships is a, probably one of my main goals. Right, like at, as you as you were mentioning on the Western side of our state, you know, we, our Montana is divided by the, the continental divide. And on the Western side, we have, a lot of local farms, very, you know, very strong community food systems. But then when you move towards the east, central and eastern side of our state, there's a lot more commodity farming and it's much more rural. So definitely building partnerships uh, in that area is really important. So hopefully that's something you'll be able to, to work on at, during your time at NCAT. Yeah, it's really exciting, especially because with NCAT, I feel like I have a lot of autonomy to work on projects that I'm really interested in, and that being at NCAT, having ATRA, having sustainable ag specialists, having community food system specialists, it's you have people to go to when you have questions. So it's nice when working on projects and possible proposals, You, I have all of you guys Right. We have each other. That's, <laughs> it's definitely one of the benefits of working for NCAT. Could you tell us a little bit about what you're currently working on? We've heard about the Harvest of the Month program, but can you talk about some of the other programs that you are working on? Yeah. So um, right now I'm currently working on a, a growing a EPA grant called Growing for Environmental Stewardship. 
And that was eight with eight schools. They completed farm field trips. And so the goal of this grant was to provide agricultural education, environmental stewardship education to students in Montana. So we chose eight communities that were pretty excited about doing this. And they submitted applications for some awards. And with this grant, they were able to go to farms to do field trips. They were apple orchards, take grafting lessons, create videos, do cooking classes. And oh, some raised chickens. It was really cool to see. And it was so awesome to see how teachers and students were super excited. And actually one of the most like moving things that I heard when I visited a school that was completing their project, they raised laying hens. It actually increased the attendance, especially after COVID when maybe students had were anxious about coming back and their attendance was pretty low for some kids. Having the chickens in the lobby of the school actually increased their attendance. Oh, that's so cool. That's such a great outcome from an unexpected. I know. That's, That's fantastic. And one of the other things we learned from this project is that people all like are very passionate about sustainable food and showing kids how to grow sustainable food and having kids eat healthy food, but it's just time funding staffing are all pretty much all the barriers or constraints. And that was good for me to know coming into this role because it gives me things to work on. So if we approach that funding with solution problem with solutions and that staffing problem and the time constraint problem. Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So um, can you talk a little bit about uh, new materials that are being developed for the Harvest of the Month program? Yeah. So if you need to know anything about herbs, come to me because I have studied up on them. Um, So herbs is going to be the new September harvest of the month. And so what's involved in creating those new materials is you have to find a lot of content for herbs and herbs are not very straightforward because it's not necessarily a food group. Um, But it was so interesting to learn about what is like native to Montana or this region, how indigenous people in Montana have used herbs for thousands of years in this region and different recipes you can make with them. So yeah, that is what we created um, handouts for early childhood educate, early care and education and for K through 12 schools, posters. We got an author, we have an awesome graphic designer and illustrator that helps us with all of that. Um, And those are being printed right now. will be released. that's, That's so exciting. We'll have to make sure to include links to the Montana Harvest of the Month program in the show notes and the new herb material. That's really exciting. So people can see what we've been working on here. Is there, are there any other projects that you've been working on? Anything else you, or anything else you'd like to share? Yeah. So we just received, um, this is in the Harvest of the Month realm, but we just received a farm to school grant for called Showcasing Harvest of the Month, where three schools um, in different areas of Montana that are I would say like harvest of the month, best practice schools are going to showcase their program. So we'll create a video, invite other schools and producers and really any organization that's interested in harvest of the month to come attend a showcase involving presentations from probably me and then people involved in implementing harvest of the month. And so we just started that. That was 
we got that in mid-July. Um, and then also another project I'm working on is increasing farm to early care and education. So um, I'm the chair of the Farm to Early Care and Education Working Group, and that is with partners across the state that have a stakeholder that are stakeholders in early care and education. And we're working on recruiting more people to see what we can do to form regional groups for farm to early care and education because it'll be different. Like like we talked about, the west of Montana is very different than the east. Um, right. Yeah, to see what how we can cater farm to early care and education for those areas. Mm-hmm. And for those who may not know, early care is like is our daycares and yeah, yeah daycares, yeah. preschools, family care centers. Yeah, that's it's so important to you know start introducing foods, local foods, fresh foods as early as possible. So yeah, that's that's really exciting. Well, Molly, it's been so good to to talk with you and to learn a little bit more about you and your work at MCAT. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Just that I'm excited to be here. Um, I love the work we're doing. And yeah, thanks, Mara. Yeah, thank you. It was good talking with you. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Additional information about this episode and related resources can be found at atra.incat.org. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to Voices from the Field wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Rich Myers. ATRA, Voices from the Field, is produced by the National Center for Appropriate Technology, headquartered in Butte, Montana. It's supported by the USDA Rural Business Cooperative Service as part of NCAT's ATRA Sustainable Agriculture Program. Any opinions, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this recording are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of the USDA or NCAT. We'll catch you again next week. And until then, keep on farming.